0: All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Friday, January 27th. F it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat, and we're also keeping it
1: clean, as you know from the last episode, because the kids are listening to this greatest showman-esque run for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. But there is no big Puss in Boots-level movie opening for kids. There is no big adult movie opening this weekend. There are some small movies, but I don't know, Clayton, nothing that's necessarily going to light the box office on fire this weekend. Am, am I wrong? Do you smell a hit of any of these new releases coming out?
0: I don't, but Pat, we have to start with a big retraction. Yes, yes. We so we d- got this from several sources.
1: Yes, both both on emails and on our YouTube channel, which... Smash, subscribes. smash. Smash that like button and subscribe button down there. Yeah, but people reached out. What is, what is the factual uh, inaccuracy that you made on the last episode, Clayton?
0: Yes, and I do take... Uh, I will take all credit for this, okay. or I guess blame, yes. if you will, if you want to be... Uh, you know, judgmental about it. Mm-hmm. I read uh, the Deadline article incorrectly. Nia Long does not star in Euphoria. It is actually Storm Reed mm-hmm. from Missing, who is a Euphoria cast member. And I think that it is a good thing mm-hmm. that I don't watch Euphoria and yes. I make mistakes like that. Would you want your information from a grown man who watches euphoria
1: right exactly i think i think of anything this was a test and the be boys passed the test we don't watch euphoria which i hear is a show about teenagers who do drugs and have sex we don't watch that show we don't really know who's in the cast of that show other than zendaya but which is just and
0: Sydney Sweeney because they are movie stars.
1: Exactly. It's just that information's in the ether, but we should not know backwards and front the cast of Euphoria. If we did, I think that would be suspect. If the BO boys knew everything there is to know about Euphoria, that is cause for concern. But we proved by you making that mistake last last episode, we proved that. We don't watch Euphoria, which no. is good for good. our reputation.
0: We can be trusted. We are, yes. we are, of course, Generation Girls. Yes. Uh, that- definitely, if you want to know who was in the cast of Girls, come at us. But yes. otherwise, we don't know Euphoria.
1: Yes. But i like to thank the uh, Be o boys, Be o girls, wannabe-o people. People. Who reached out to us, including Daryl. Daryl, thank you for emailing us. About that. And of course, we always like getting emails at the BO podcast at gmail.com. So thank you, Daryl, and other people who pointed that out.
0: And Daryl even included a, 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 a um shot of the Wikipedia mm-hmm. for Storm Read yep. uh, for easy access. So Thank yeah. you so, so much,
1: Daryl. So, I mean, uh, just to stay on Missing for a second, I think that really does put a lot even more of the credit for the opening weekend success of Missing on this lead, Storm Read The fact yeah. that we now know, it's confirmed, she is a star of Euphoria. She got that younger audience out there to the movie theaters. Her Euphoria stardom definitely brought some people out to this searching sequel.
0: And she's going to be in a show called The Last of Us, which I think is already premiered on HBO, Max, and doing good business over there. So listen, um, Missing Again, if she's the lead in that, we might be talking even bigger box office. Yep,
1: definitely. And if Clayton was just factually inaccurate about Storm Reed being in the show The Last of Us, of course, reach out. Darryl, I know you're listening. I know you're you're ready with screenshots of IMDb pages and Wikipedia pages. So if Clayton screwed that one up, let us know. But Clayton, we're here to talk about this weekend's box office, the weekend mm. of Friday, January 27th. And there's one, I would say, we'll start with the new release, which is a film called Infinity Pool.
0: Yeah, um, so this is Baby Cronenberg. Yep, David Cronenberg's son. Yep, and Brandon we f- goes by
1: the name of Brandon.
0: Brandon, yeah. Um, we saw his first movie, not his first movie, but he was on our radar from Possessor, which was a movie that uh, we but we all watched on PVOD, I believe.
1: Yes, we did back in. This is a film Possessor that came out in October of 2020. Wow,
0: 2020.
1: So, and, But it did have five weekends in movie theaters. It opened on October 2nd, 2020. Of course, it was beaten those weeks by the juggernaut of October 2020, which was the original Hocus Pocus was just mm-hmm. dominating the box office. Possessor made a total of $746,000 at the box office. I'll admit, that is higher than yep. I would have guessed I'm looking at that stat now and for that movie which is a true uh uh hard horror movie. You know, not even a horror movie. It's more of sci-fi splatter than I would say horror, but it is a movie that
0: It's it's what we call a Cronenberg movie.
1: It basically yes, it is a Cronenberg movie and possessor did make almost a million dollars at the height of Pre-vaccine pandemic box office, so I guess that is a good sign for Infinity Pool, which is a movie that has a star in Mia Goth, oh, who yeah. Pearl herself, Pearl and X. I mean, she is uh, uh, for sure a popular actress, a known quantity. So you got Brandon Cronenberg, who. I'm sure has a fan base uh, partially based on people who think that his dad is making this movie and you got Mia a goth who's red hot in this genre coming mm-hmm. off of X and Pearl in the same year and horror is horror, you know, I mean, even something like missing, which is not a horror movie, but is a thriller, but you know, like this genre appeals to the young people. Skin Marink has made a million dollars at the box office. And, and that's just, you know, static shots of Legos. I love the yes. film, but, you know, that's what the movie is. Uh, can Infinity Pool do some business this weekend?
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the question, mm-hmm. because you got me goth. You also have Alexander Skarsgård, who yeah. really isn't a box office uh, a draw. I mean, he was in The Northman. A he was the that, Northman. Yeah, uh, he was the Northman, a movie we both really liked, I believe, right? But only yeah. I saw in the theater. Yes, I, I saw it on Peacock. I saw yes. it on the cock, yes. You saw it on the cock. So uh, I don't know. That's negligible mm-hmm. whether he's going to bring anybody. I do think the draw is Cronenberg mm-hmm. and Mia Goth. Now, I have a question. Sure. Let's talk about Daddy cronenberg okay mr david cronenberg put out a movie mm-hmm. a little while ago a uh, while ago <laughs> fuck it's raw feed june 3rd mm-hmm. 2022 so crimes, a summer release summer release of crimes of the future mm-hmm. now this movie opened to 1.1 $1. 1 million dollars it only was in 773 theaters though And its cume is $2.4 million. Now, my question, I posit to you, is do you think that Infinity Pool is going to have a bigger opening weekend than Crimes of the Future? Now, Infinity Pool is in 2,000 theaters. Mm -hmm. But this movie, Crimes of the Future, had a few more... I guess Vigo Mortensen, who has had movies that did well in the theater. Kristen Stewart, who was kind mm. of mm, not really a going concern when it comes to the box office. But she's very point. famous. But she's very famous. Um, and uh, gosh, I can't say uh, Leah Sadeau, who is. Leah Sadeau, in,
1: international star, French beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Festival Blue favorite. is the warmest
0: color, of course. Sure is. And she was in the Bond movies, correct? She was in one of
1: the Bond, Bond movies. movies. Yes, I think she's one of the few Bond girls that uh, uh, that appeared in multiple movies. Yes.
0: Now, I would say this is a bigger star-studded cast for Crimes of the Future. I I would I agree, but here is
1: where I think that. Baby Cronenberg and Infinity Pool has the advantage is over that, Daddy over Daddy is that Infinity Pool, at least in its marketing, at least in its trailer, looks like a thriller. It mm. looks like a real movie. Mm-hmm. and and i I'm sure this movie will be totally off the rails. There will be body horror for sure. you know, it will be Cronenbergian. But the trailer really does sell it as, here's a murder mystery. Here is a movie about people in a foreign country, and they're in over their heads. And I think it just seems, at least on the surface, at least on opening weekend, to be very commercial Cronenberg. Mm -hmm. And so I will predict that infinity pool, you know, riding Mia Goth, riding a commercial-seeming trailer will, in its opening weekend, make more than Crimes of the Future did in its entire run. I think Infinity Pool could make three, maybe four million dollars this weekend.
0: Now, the other thing that Infinity Pool has going for it is if you've seen the previews, Mm -hmm. there's masks in it. Yes. And And some of them look to be animal masks. Mm -hmm. And animal masks are one of those things that seems to drive people to the theater. Yes. You've got something like yours, Your Next, which heavily had uh, animal masks in it. I believe The Purge is a movie that had various masks,
1: but also had
0: animal masks. Yes, yes. So it's got that going for it. So I think the animal mask situation is something not to be slept on. Yeah,
1: it wasn't an animal mask, but think of the Black Phone this past summer and that mask I would say sold 30 to 40 million dollars worth of the 90 million domestic that the Black Phone made. That mask well, was huge. And I don't think that Infinity Pool has a Black Phone level mask. It does not have a the grabber, which was the the main character of the black phone. I don't think it has that level of a mask, but I do think these masks will help for sure. That's a great call.
0: Okay, but so you think that this movie is going to make maybe three or four. Um, It looks like it's tracking around two. I think it's going to do higher than that. I feel like this...
1: I think this is a movie... That will fall off a cliff in its second weekend, especially once people actually go to it. And there is, I haven't seen this film, but again, I assume there is lots of body horror in this film. There'll be Mm -hmm. fingernails being peeled off or, you know, skin will become soup or whatever baby Cronenberg comes up with. You know, eyeballs will turn into feet, something like that. But Yes,
0: that will definitely happen.
1: Almost guaranteed, but none of that body horror is in the trailer. I think the Mm -hmm. trailer promises a old-fashioned thriller with a good-looking cast and Mia Goth and the the Northmen, Sarsgard and a a foreign location and some intrigue, and they hid the body horror. Mm -hmm. You know, unlike something like Crimes of the Future where the body horror was up front. Yeah, uh, And I think they've done a good job hiding the body horror in Infinity Pool.
0: The thing with David Cronenberg is that you know what you're going to get with him. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Brendan, baby, yeah. has t- is trying to make a go of it and sell himself. I mean, Cronenberg sells himself in the sense of you're going to... You're gonna sign up for whatever craziness to whatever level it is, but Brendan is a guy who is trying to make a name, so he has to uh, market his stuff more commercially. It feels like. Yeah,
1: so I think I, I think there's a, a good chance that there'll be an opening weekend hoodwinking of the audience, which you you gotta you know listen whatever it takes to sell that popcorn.
0: But hoodwinking doesn't work anymore because by. Thursday night, people are gonna know I, if it's if if uh, if eyeballs turn into feet. So they're going to either say yes or no to that.
1: I think you could hoodwink for a couple of days on the opening
0: weekend. I, I don't I, know; it's hard to hoodwink nowadays with Twitter. Yeah, Twitter makes it hard to hoodwink well, an audience. Not, you can everyone's hoodwink on on other subjects, not everyone's on Twitter. Not
1: everyone's on Twitter. The amount that, of people who are on Twitter uh, is, but I would say, is much less than than uh, you would think based on the, the you know. But Pat, would you, it.
0: Will you not say that most likely a good number of people who would go see Infinity Pool are on Twitter?
1: But I think the reason that this could overperform opening weekend is it'll get people who aren't just the Cronenberg fans or the Twitter people. It'll get just your everyday audience who saw a trailer where good looking people are in a thriller. And I think okay. they might not find out about the eyeballs turning. It's a feat until after they've bought their Saturday night tickets. So All right. well
0: I'm saying two. We'll see. I think this will make two million dollars. I'm gonna go three and a half. Okay. Well we yep. both don't think it's gonna make the top five. I guess not.
1: Well let's talk there's a there's some there are some other things opening this weekend. That's the the quote unquote big one is Infinity Pool, but there is also a new left behind film coming mm-hmm. out this weekend as a fathom event and yes. it is called left behind rise of the antichrist so it's uh, in 1700
0: theaters yep that which is
1: a which is a lot of a lot of theaters are showing this that's a pretty big number for a fathom event um so this i'm seeing it seems like this is the fourth film In the official Left Behind film series. So we're not counting the Left Behind film that Nicolas Cage starred in in 2014. We're going back to the original Left Behind series that Kirk Cameron starred in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that film series started in 2000. There was a sequel, Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force, which came out in 2002, and it looks like it was mostly a a direct-to-video film. Um, And then there was something called Vanish Left Behind Next Generation, which came out in 2016 and apparently was well-received by the author of the book, so that's always nice. And now we have Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist, and it is starring and directed by... Kevin Zorbo. Okay. So Hercules uh TV guy Kevin Zorbo is the star. Yeah. Do we th- feel like that it means anything to modern movie theater audiences?
0: Well, Kevin Zorbo has had success in this area with uh religious films. Yep. So I I mean I wouldn't count it out. I mean Box Office Pro is saying it's it's looking at like One point eight million. Okay, and I, I, I trust that. I, I I feel like this, I, this feels musty to me. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, um, there's been a lot of left behind. I I just there's something about this that doesn't feel like it's going to break out in any way. Like the Chosen feels like new, fresh, hot. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, religious content. Right, right, and left right. behind feels like your father's Christian content. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So right. I, I, I just don't see this breaking out. I think it'll make you know uh, maybe, you know, one point five something like that. But I, I don't think this is going to be like threatening for a top five slot.
1: Yeah. It, I I think the the Nick Cage movie maybe tainted this left behind series mm-hmm. you know as much as a series that originates with Kirk Cameron as the lead can be tainted I do think that film uh, uh, was so widely panned that it even though it's Kevin Sorbo taking over he's taking over a damaged movie brand
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I'm looking at Kevin Sorbo's uh, box office history, and he really hasn't had a hit, a true hit, since 2014, God's Not Dead made $60 million. And since then, none of his movies domestically have made... Well, he had Let There Be Light 2017, made $7 million. and... Oh, he did no. I mean, listen, he did have a film last year that made three point one million. The girl who believes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Kevin Zorbo is still a draw within this genre. Now I, uh, and I, I get rebooting the Left Behind series with him. You've got to
0: try. You know, it's well. Uh, now this is another thing. Now I'm on the Left Behind wiki. Right, and it's saying here. It's saying it is a direct sequel to Left Behind from 2014, which is the Nicolas Cage version, Version, but it, this has an entirely different cast. Interesting. So it is in the Nicolas Cage so, uh, so timeline of Left Behind, not the Kirk Cameron. So again, we are Kirk not the Cameron audience left for this. Timeline. So our confusion is founded, I believe. But yeah.
1: Yes, yes, much like Euphoria. We're not the audience for Euphoria. We're not the audience for Left Behind. I'd love to see the Z- the Venn diagram of those two audiences of which maybe but one of our listeners But we getting into the Halloween right in there, situation here where Who it's knows? like
0: this one doesn't these don't count and now we're doing it again where this doesn't mm-hmm. count. This seems like a lot a barrier of entry for anybody other than hardcore left behind people who I do. Like I said, they feel like your dad's, uh, your dad's friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the left behind series, I can't fault them for rebooting this. Mm -hmm. You got to try. I mean, as musty as it may be, it's one of the most known IPs in, in, Christian, uh, uh, fiction. I mean, we know, we
0: know about it.
1: Everyone knows about it. So you've got to keep trying, but it is sort of the way they keep trying to make Predator movies. Mm, Yeah. And the only real hit Predator movie was really the first one. Yes. And, uh, but then every time a Predator sequel, listen, Prey ended up being good. You know, so but maybe it, eventually streamo, you'll get your. But it's your, We don't know it how it would have
0: done at the box office.
1: But but I think I get why they keep trying with these left behind movies. And listen, we're always in favor of the fathom event. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: I mean, they're in and out. This is gonna be this is gonna be a weekend. It's in and out. Yeah. So so you're going. I'm going low on this though. I'm saying okay. it's like it might make one point five. Well, okay, well what
1: do you, what do you think makes more this weekend? Uh Infinity oh, Pool. Oh, Infinity Pool 100%. Le- okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I I'd go there too, it'll be but this will be a good uh uh I guess a good test of uh, you know, of of these audiences. Infinity Pool versus Left Behind and we'll have the results on Monday. So, mm-hmm. very exciting. See see what comes out. Ahead. Cronenberg versus Christ this weekend at the at the movie theater. This
0: is big. This is big. Now, the one yep. other thing we need to talk about before we get to I think the like juggernauts that continue mm-hmm. to rack up money, you know, the Avatar, the Way of Water, your Puss in Boots, your Megan, your a uh, man mm-hmm. called Otto. We have some Oscar films that are getting yep. wider re-releases. Because yep. of the Oscar nominations. And Pat, if someone was looking to listen to a podcast about the mm-hmm. Oscars and awards betting, can you think off the top of your head of one?
1: So I've got a recommendation. Okay. If you love the Oscars and you're a degenerate gambler seeking to throw more uh, of your money uh, on bets, then the recommendation is you got to listen to a little show called... The Show Me the Money hosted by Nick Turner, box office star of the summer of 2020, and myself, Pat Stango, We host the Show Me the Money on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we are taking it all the way to the Academy Awards in March every week. We talk about what you could bet on online as it relates to all of these award shows, the SAGs, the PGAs the Indie Spirits, and then the Oscars. So listen to wherever you listen to the Bo Boys. You could search and find the show, Me the Money. It is the only podcast that talks about the Oscars and gambling and is hosted by myself and Nick Turner. I'm an
0: ex-host, current uh, frequent guest. Yep. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. That's one 877 hope ny that, is that the number? Yeah. If oh, you're wow. in the New York right. area. If you're somewhere else,
1: Google it. Google it. I mean, the main thing is I, I think just Google gambling where if you have a gambling problem, and I'm sure there'll be some
0: Gambling help. Well, gambling yeah. gambling help, help yes. lines Google. will probably give you lines for bets. Yes.
1: Right, but I just google it, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, so google anyway, it. speaking of these Oscar films, yes, The Banshees of Inisherin, yes, is, is now going to be in 1200 theaters. Wow, Elvis 900 theaters, Everything wow. Everywhere All at Once, 1500 theaters, The Fablemans, wow, 2000 theaters, Living 700 theaters, Tar 600 wow. theaters. Top Gun Maverick, 500 theaters, and Women Talking is expanding to 700 theaters. So out of these, Pat, yes. which one, and I don't think any of these are going to make the top 10. Okay. I'm not top 10. I'm sorry. Top five. None of them are going to make top five.
1: Right. What? I mean, Avatar Wave Water is going to be number one.
0: Well, I didn't mention that because it's up there and it's like, yeah, it got now yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's still the reigning champ and it's going to be number yeah, one. So yeah, I didn't yeah. even put that in my list. Of all of these Oscar movies Mm -hmm. that are being re-released, which one do you think has the most likelihood to have some box office impact?
1: So what's going to get the biggest bump out of these Best Picture nom-nom-noms? I mean, I think the two candidates, possibly three candidates, I think Women Talking, because it is the movie that has been in theaters for the shortest amount of time. Mm -hmm. I think it's really only been in theaters maybe for two weekends at this point, other than a qualifying run in December. Mm -hmm. And I think that getting a best picture, nom, nom, nom should help it. And I think the Fablemans is now or never time for the Fablemans. I think this is an important weekend for Steven Spielberg's, the Fablemans, because It got the best picture, nom nom nom. It got the best director. There was a lot of press about the Fablemans. Michelle Williams got in there. Judd Hirsch, you know, maybe people are going to say, "I got to see this Judd Hirsch scene," that got him a supporting actor, nom nom nom. So I think that the two movies with the most to gain this weekend are the Fablemans and Women Talking, and it's a real put up or shut up weekend. For The Fableman, specifically. I think yeah. this is this has got to be the weekend where we start to see people really discovering that film. Um,
0: I agree. Last I think-
1: weekend, it came in number 12. It made $438,000 in 950 theaters. So if it's getting a bump of 1,500 theaters and it got the best picture, nom, nom, nom... This movie's gotta make over a million dollars this weekend.
0: What about living, starring apparent uh national treasure, Bill Nye? To some people. Well, my I mean my he, co- my, he never my made, meant S to me.
1: My co-host on the Show Me the Money, Nick Turner. He's a big Bill Nye guy. Um, he wanted to be woken up uh at five o'clock in the morning LA time when Bill Nye got the Oscar nomination. We forgot to do it, but that is what he wanted. Um, I don't think Living's really going to get much of a bump because it's not a Best Picture nominee, and Bill Nighy is not a big famous star who got a Best Actor nomination. So I don't think that... I, I really do think it's Women Talking and The Fablemans that would get the biggest bump. I mean, Banshees have been a Sheeran. I know this movie's been on HBO for over a month now, and a lot of people have been watching it there. Do we think that it does anything this weekend?
0: I I think at this point, I'll be honest with you, it's been on... It's such an easy watch on HBO Max. Yeah. I I feel the same way with Everything Everywhere All at Once. That movie's so available at home. Elvis is so available at home. The ones that aren't are Women Talking... And the Fable Men's. Like, I do think yeah. Women Talking is probably going to do the best out of this bunch. Pat, nobody wanted to see the Fable Men's. It had its shot. It definitely does not matter that this got nominations because people already assumed that it was going to win Best Picture when it was released and they I, didn't I don't care. Know.
1: I don't think, I think that the assumption is by the people who are really deep into Oscar talk. And when the nominations actually come out, that is for a lot of people the first time they even think about the Academy Awards is on nominations day. I,
0: I've heard, though, uh, I'm around some quote-unquote normies. Okay. And when Fable men's came out, everybody was like, that's going to win an Oscar, right? These are normies. These are people that are just not like tapped in to the Oscars in any real genuine way other than
1: Where where are you meeting these program a place of employment though? But that place of employment is in a very hip neighborhood don't be I don't want to give away you, I don't want to give away your specific uh, 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 neighborhood where you're employed But it's one of the hipper neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Well, you uh, you wish
0: you wouldn't have said, you could have said just New York City. I think
1: that the people who you think are normies are actually the smaller percentage of people who are more plugged into the Academy Awards conversation. I think that your Plain Billies, your Stax Dwellers, your Earth Dogs, those people are not thinking about the Oscars until the nominations come out. And therefore, I think Tuesday night entertainment tonight covered. Here's all the best picture nominees, and there's a lot of people in the stacks who, for the first time, thought, "Oh, The Fablemans is up for best picture. I should go see that." Okay, and so, so that that could happen this weekend.
0: So let's look at Fablemans, What its biggest day or or day has been or biggest but, weekend I mean listen
1: this is a movie that has not ever been in that many theaters this is going to be the most amount of theaters it has been in well i guess i guess it did have uh yeah its theater count has never been higher than 1149 okay so it's getting more
0: I, you know, this is a significant bum. You know what I'm going to say? And w- uh, listen, we're not happy about it as uh, awards prognosticators and fans of, of awards, but the movie that's been the strongest and I think will continue to be the strongest is The Whale, which has been able to expand to 1,400 theaters. 17, 1,700 theaters. But it didn't get a best picture.
1: Nom, nom, nom. It,
0: it doesn't matter. I still think he's in the running. Um, the young lady who played his friend in this got a supporting actress. I'm sorry I'm forgetting her name at the moment. She was spectacular in it. She was one of the bright Hong spots. Chow. Hong Chao. She was one of the only bright spots in that film. Not that I'm a critic, huh? huh. But this movie is... Uh, it, it, Box Office Pro is projecting that it's going to be at 15 million by the end of Sunday. That's a that's a hefty amount of money for that film. So that is probably the movie. The box office pro is saying that The Whale is going to make $1.1 Do you see any of these other movies, Women Talking, The Fablemans, making that much this weekend? I mean, Women Talking is going to be in
1: about three times the amount of theaters it made. Th- uh, 380000 last weekend. Can it make a million? I I mean, again, I think this is put up or shut up weekend for both of them. I think the Fablemans and women talking both could make a million dollars this weekend. I do.
0: But do, do they make more than the Whale?
1: I think the whale's
0: going to take a dip. It didn't get the best picture nom nom nom. I think I th- think the I, th- I think the whale could fall under
1: a million dollars this
0: weekend. I think the whale's going to get its tail wet, and I think it's going to make more than both of those films. All
1: right. Well, you know Lock what? We'll in. see on Monday. Lock it in. Uh, but
0: I I am going to go with Fablemans
1: and Women Talking as the movies that have the most potential upside this weekend out of the Oscar uh, out of the Oscar movies. I think they they can finally do some business.
0: All right. Well, here we go. So, um Pat, before we go, um we need to talk a little bit about Regal. Okay. Cuz we talked about last episode that Regal was closing a bunch of theaters, right? And so w- we still we're going
1: to get some more reports from individual theaters. We we haven't gotten any Confirmation from the Regal and Union Square. We we of course want our listeners to reach out to their local theaters. So we need more time on the uh boots on the ground reporting about these theaters. But Clayton, there is some news about Regal's parent company Cineworld. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have that news in front of you? I don't. Do you? I do. Great. So Regal Parent Company Cineworld. Uh, and this, this is from a Deadline article just yesterday. Uh, Regal Parents Center said it's opted to pursue a sale of assets and the process is well underway with non-binding bids due February 16th. So basically, Regal's parent company is possibly looking to sell assets, which assets are movie theaters. Assets may be all of Regal mm-hmm. in the United States. And... It's got feelers out, and it's having talks. And this article does mention that one of the companies that it did have talks with was AMC. Mm. And those talks have concluded. I don't think anything has come of that, apparently. But listen, you got to figure that... uh, Uh, you got to figure that other big movie chains make the most sense Mm -hmm. if a company was to acquire Regal. So AMC still makes a lot of sense. There's other movie chains that could be interested. And who knows? We've talked about this in the past. It is now legal for movie studios to own movie theaters. So there is that chance out there that maybe a movie studio like Disney just really goes all in and buys movie theaters. Now that would I think Disney wouldn't make a lot of sense cuz Disney seems to be the studio that was getting out of the theatrical game the most, but now that Bob Iger is back and and Bob Chapstick is gone, who knows? Maybe Disney decides to buy Regal. Who knows?
0: Well, now let me throw this across you uh, across the sure. batter's box here and see what you think. If this is a strike or or whatnot, right? Um, what if mm-hmm. this was Disney's plan all along to weaken theaters at a time when COVID was ravaging them, right? And keeping you know Pixar movies out of there and driving everybody to streaming to drive down the price to make it so that Regal or uh, their parent company had to file for bankruptcy so Mm. that they could buy it in a fire sale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that a possibility? Is that conspiratorial thinking? It is, but is is it possible? It's definitely possible because then they're buying the means of distribution and the only place you can see there, not the only place, but you can see a premium Disney film at these theaters now that are disney theaters and like i've always pitched you got the muppets behind their uh the counter making popcorn yeah i mean that ip you know other than to use uh kermit to wipe down iger's uh uh, yacht to to Mm -hmm. buff his yacht with with you know with uh fonzie or whatever Mm -hmm. the other use for them is put them behind the counter have them sell red vines right yeah was it the plan all along just to weaken theaters to the point where they could just buy them up? You know, this is a conspiracy
1: theory, but it is a conspiracy theory that we talked about on this very show probably as far back as spring and summer of 2020. Yeah. You know, we threw out there that that the studios might be shortchanging the movie theaters so they could drive down the price, buy them, and then they run the, the movie theaters themselves. Very possible. I don't know if that was a... Plan of Disney then, because Bob Chapstick, being in charge of Disney during the pandemic box office era uh, and the post-pandemic box office era, he was just a buffoonish CEO Mm -hmm. who did not think theatrical mattered. So I don't think he ever had a long-term plan to buy studios, but Bob Iger loves buying stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this could be his biggest purchase ever.
1: He bought Marvel. He bought uh, uh, Star Wars. So if he buys Regal, and then every premium Regal screen is only going to Disney movies, you know, all the 4DXs are just Marvel and and uh, you know Disney animated movies.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I mean, they would still sell their product to AMC as well, but uh, you know, of it wouldn't be.
1: You know. But Regal Regals are gonna favor the the, the Disney movies if Disney buys Regal, yeah. which is a conspiracy theory that we've been throwing out there for almost three years yeah. now. Um yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see who buys this. I mean, there's always the chance that it's just um it's just some, you know, uh uh stockbrokers pull some money together and they buy Regal and they strip it for parts. And they just, you know, have parties in the regal theaters and then they sell it off. Uh, They sell the chairs. Who knows? That could happen. That would be the worst case scenario. Hopefully an entertainment conglomerate buys these regals and keeps them as regal movie theaters. Yeah. So we'll be following that story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean these Regal closings we're going to we're going to get into the the nitty-gritty of it. We're going to figure out whether the Union Square one is actually closing. Um Chris Chris H. Yeah. not BO boy intern Christopher.
1: Mhm. Different Christopher. Dif-
0: different Christophers. Chris H sent us an mm-hmm. email Uh, Last week that we said we'd get to, or like six days ago, which is almost a week ago, about Mm -hmm. some closings, Uh, he's saying the Gallery Place Chinatown location in D.C. is closing, and the only other multiplex is an AMC in Georgetown, which attracts different demos, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, more people from the burbs and things like that, so it's a different experience. And then he said the Charlottesville, Virginia location is closing, and that's where his mom lives. Okay. And he says it's a really vibrant area, it's a nice theater in a fairly recently built shopping and dining area, and the other two theaters are not multiplexes, so that closing is going to be a big blow for that area. So these closings are going to affect people. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're lucky because we're in New York so we can go to several other theaters, but there are places and these are major centers. These are not like uh, Mm -hmm. these are these. This is not the middle of plain Billy country. Right. These are city centers where people used to go to theaters and movies. And now there's just not going to be one within a reasonable distance from their home and where they shop. So that's going to be a huge blow to a lot of moviegoers yeah. I mean, these
1: are it's scary times for movie fans and theater goers. And of course, thank God we have this place to all congregate and keep each other safe in these tough times of movie theater closings. But there are places where when the regal closes, that community is in a movie desert mm-hmm. and and that leads to many dangerous outcomes in the future it leads to people who no longer think about movies as a theatrical experience at all it just it just sends them to streaming only mm-hmm. and the kids who no longer have movie theaters to go to who knows where they spend that time instead you know they're not in a movie theater that means they're just wandering the streets getting into god knows what
0: or they're in alleyways so, or pool halls
1: right Right. And you've also got people whose diets consist mostly of movie theater popcorn and Mike and Ikes. And if the movie theater closes, then their entire uh, uh, diet, all of their food sources are gone. Mm -hmm. And what does that person eat? Where do they get their calories? They wouldn't even know where to go. Right. So there are lots of dangers... And bad outcomes that could happen when these regals close and communities become movie theater less. And now t- reach out to us, reach out to the BO Boys podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, smash, smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, and reach out to us in those ways because we want to be there for you if you find yourself in one of these movie theater deserts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Pat, before we go, we got to do our top fives. And it looks like these top fives are going to consist of movies that have already been out for yeah. at least a week. So what... Do we go top
1: 10 this weekend just uh, for the the, to, the sake of getting in these possible new movies? I'm going to go 10. I'm going to start off here. All right, so... Avatar Way of Water, Slam Doink. It'll be seven weekends in a row at number one. Possibly this is the last weekend where Avatar Way of Water is number one. Because what? What is that? There's a knock. Where? And it's at at the cabin door next weekend. There we go. So that could be the one that dethrones Avatar, but not this weekend. Avatar will be number one. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, is going to be number two, and... Man, oh man, I'm so tempted. I know to I predict Puss in Boots going ahead of Way of Water, but it's not going to happen, not gonna happen ha- this weekend.
0: No, because it's got PLFs and everything. I mean, Avatar's yeah. got the PLFs, but
1: I- what a story that would be! Yeah. What
0: a story that would be! But it's, one more it's week, not- one more week, and there wasn't a knock on the cabin door. I, yeah. I think Puss in Boots goes over a way of water. I it's just Avatar Way of Water is not dropping that much
1: week to week. Mm-hmm. But so, neither is Puss in the Boots. Puss in Boots is definitely now dropping at a lower percentage every week than Way of Water, but the I feel like is. it was Yeah. Yeah. It's too it's too far apart. But number two will be the Puss in Boots. Number three is gonna still be Megan. Um number four, I'm going with a man called Otto is is gonna pull ahead of missing. Okay. Uh, number five, then, will be The Second Weekend of Missing. Okay. All right. So now here's where we get into some dangerous territory. I think number six will, will once again be plain Gerard Butler. Uh, Number seven is going to be Infinity Pool. Okay. Will be number seven. And then number eight is going to be... Uh, left Behind, Antichrist, is going to be number eight. And then I'm going with number nine is going to be The Fablemans, and number 10 is going to be Women Talking. They're getting in the top 10.
0: Wow. That time I
1: got reincarnated as a slime, that movie's fallen out of the top 10, and so is House Party.
0: Wow. So you, you just went there. You went all the way just to get The Fablemans is what you're doing. I got the Fablemans and women talking in the top okay. 10. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. So number one, Avatar, Slam Doink. Number two, Puss in Boots. I think it's going to have another insane hold. hmm A Man Called Otto, I think, is going to be number 3 Mm-hmm. Over Megan.
1: Okay. Interesting. I, you know what? I think that's a good call. I should have said that. That's a great call.
0: So then we've got Megan at number four. Mm-hmm. Number five is going to be missing. Mm-hmm. Number six is going to be plain. Mm-hmm. Number seven, I think, is infinity pool. Agreed there. And number, you know what? Number eight, I'm going to say, is the whale. Wow, you're big on the women. Number nine is going to be Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. Okay. And then I think Women Talking is going to be number 10. No Fablemans. No Fablemans. All right. It will continue I mean, listen, to be the lowest grossing film that Spielberg has ever directed.
1: I mean, listen, The Fablemans has been out since November. Women talking definitely has a big shot to do some business this weekend. It's only been out three weeks. It got the best picture nom nom nom. It's getting the theater count bump. Yep. It's time for these women to not just talk but to to yell to be heard.
0: Well, Pat, does it? I mean, that movie has the Pat Stengos seal of approval. One of my one of my top films of the year. Not that we're critics, huh? Huh. All right. Well, we did it, Pat. We, talk, we did we it. We talked 10. We went all the way to 10 so you could mention the Fablemans. Yeah. Okay. So
1: email us, the BO at gmail.com. Reach out. If you're, you know, if you have a gambling habit, call one of those hotlines or Google gambling help lines. But if you are upset about a local regal closing, reach out to us at the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube so go to our youtube channel the link is in the description of this podcast episode and if you're watching on youtube like subscribe pointing down smash all of those buttons um follow us on social media specifically on twitter at the bo boys pod wanna bo uh intern christopher doing a great job with the video clips and providing content there we also little sneak preview. This episode is not going to be available for a while because Wanna Be Intern Christopher is editing it himself. But we just just before we got on on air here recorded a special episode of the Bo Boys that was the brainchild of Wanna Intern Christopher. So look for the Bo Boys Court with Judge Clayton special episode coming to the podcast and to the YouTube channel. Sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, undated as of now, but it's coming. TBD. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's great stuff. Great stuff. Kid's a talent. Yeah. He's going places. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Pat, I think we did it. I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you at, you at the. the ba